This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. You're listening to The Murder in My Family, brought to you by Abject Entertainment. Be sure to check out some of the other great true crime podcasts from this network, including Missing Persons, DNA ID, Scene of the Crime, Zodiac Speaking, Beyond Bizarre True Crime, Citizen Detective, and Campus Killings. All of these podcasts are available for you to binge on right now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe where you're listening to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. The views and opinions expressed by guests on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of the podcast, its host, or sponsors. If you would like to discuss the murder in your family on this podcast, please be sure to visit themurderinmyfamily.com for more information. You can support this podcast by visiting patreon.com forward slash the murder in my family. This episode may contain unsettling material or subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Murder in My Family. I'm your host, Mike Morford. In this episode, we'll be discussing the case of a man who was shot to death one night while he traveled down the highway at 70 miles per hour. His loved ones have been left to wonder, was he targeted and ambushed, or was he the victim of a sniper who was taking pot shots at passing vehicles? We'll dive into this case after some quick housekeeping. Independent podcasts like this one depend on word of mouth to bring in new listeners. So if you find that you enjoy this show, please take a moment to rate and review it wherever you listen to your podcast, and be sure to introduce a friend to the show and invite them to listen. With your help, the murder of my family can continue to grow and reach a new audience. To learn more about the show or the cases we discuss, please visit themurdermyfamily.com. You can also find us on Twitter with the handle at MurderMyFam, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash T-M-I-M-F podcast. If you'd like to support this show through a Patreon donation, it's always appreciated, and you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash themurdermyfamily. Benefits of supporting the show on Patreon may include early access to ad-free episodes of the show, plus bonus content not heard in regular episodes. Support may also include thank you cards, stickers, and more. In each episode, I'll give shout-outs to any new supporters. And thank you to all of the supporters that generously donate to help keep the show growing and improving. One last note, please support any of the sponsors that you hear on The Murder of My Family, the way that those sponsors support the show. It's with our sponsor support that this show can go on and continue to provide a platform to share these stories with you in every episode. Thank you, and now on with the show. Jesse Miles Dempsey of Lithonia, Georgia, was born on August 23, 1979, to parents Gayla and John. He went on to have three children of his own, Ben, Cora, and Emma. He loved to ride his motorcycle and was an avid hunter and fisherman. He also enjoyed playing soccer, and he was a handy kind of guy installing garage doors for a living. 
Jesse also had a close relationship with his girlfriend, Kendra Vickery. They were longtime friends and eventually started dating, and they were a couple for years. Not long before Jesse died, he and Kendra had broken up. They eventually began to see each other again after a six-month separation, but Kendra was troubled to learn that Jesse had fallen in with a bad crowd of people during their breakup. That was concerning for her because Jesse was a convicted felon, and she wanted him to steer clear of trouble. Although she wasn't quite sure what Jesse and the crowd he was hanging with were into, she was worried. On October 26, 2020, Jesse and Kendra went to visit her father's grave. He had died on that same day 17 years earlier, so it was a somber day. On the way home, they stopped at a Popeye's to get chicken sandwiches, and then headed home. Jesse was driving Kendra's white GMC Sierra pickup truck while she rested in the front passenger seat. What happened next happened in the blink of an eye, and it was very chaotic. At close to 11 p.m., the couple were cruising eastbound down I-20 at about 70 miles per hour, coming into Lithonia. About a half mile before the Panola Road exit, according to Kendra, she heard an explosion and thought that one of the truck's tires had blown out. Somehow, Jesse slammed on the brakes and came to a stop in the middle lane of the busy highway. Before Kendra even realized what happened, their truck was violently struck from behind by another vehicle, which forced the truck to roll forward. Kendra grabbed the steering wheel and somehow guided the truck over to the shoulder of the road, in shock over the chaos of what had just happened. She quickly grabbed her cell phone and dialed 911. As she did, she smelled what she thought was smoke and burning rubber. She looked over at Jesse, who was slumped over in the seat, and he appeared to be unconscious. As she connected to 911, she noticed that the truck's back window was gone. It would later be determined that it had been shot out. When she was on the phone with 911, she noticed blood running down the driver's side headrest and from Jesse's head. It turned out that Jesse had been struck by a single bullet that apparently passed through the back window of the truck and then entered through the back of the driver's side headrest before striking Jesse in the back of his head. Still in shock, Kendra couldn't process what was going on. She tried to get out of the truck by opening the door, but couldn't, so she climbed out through the passenger side window to escape. By now, all the traffic on the highway had come to a stop. Police and EMTs were dispatched to the scene. They arrived and determined that Jesse still had a pulse but was barely alive, and he was rushed to the hospital. And it turns out that Jesse wasn't the only victim that night. 39-year-old Marie Floriston, the driver of the car that hit Jesse's truck from behind, apparently got out of her damaged vehicle either to look at the damage or to check on Jesse and Kendra and she ended up being struck and killed instantly by a semi-truck. It was a horrible scene, one that police had to sort out. Kendra was taken to the police station to be questioned. From the questions she was asked, she felt that they suspected her somehow, or that she knew who was responsible. The questioning went on for hours. It wasn't until very far into the night that police told her, you may as well tell us what happened, Jesse is dead. 41-year-old Jesse Dempsey had died some time before they actually told Kendra he was dead, yet they continued to question her. Eventually, she was released and ruled out as being involved in her boyfriend's death, and she was left to try and pick up the pieces and deal with her grief. Almost immediately, Kendra wondered if Jesse had been targeted, perhaps by one of the people he had been mixed up with. She found out later that shortly before he was killed, Jesse's dad saw a man on a motorcycle that had come to Jesse's property and made a threat against him. Also troubling for Kendra was that she later found out that someone claiming to be the fiancé of Marie Floriston, who was killed by the semi, knew Jesse, 
and according to Kendra, this man's phone number was in Jesse's phone. Kendra said she was even more troubled when she found out this man was not Marie Fleurston's fiancé as he had claimed. Kendra wondered if perhaps there might be more than meets the eye with Marie Fleurston, and wondered how it was that she came to be behind their truck that night. But I think I need to point out here that there have been multiple reports of people having their back windows shot out on I-20 eastbound. In May 2021, six months after Jesse was shot, another driver had their back window shot out, but thankfully was unharmed. And in October 2017, three years before Jesse was killed, another woman was shot on I-20 by the passenger of another vehicle who was driving alongside her. She later died at the hospital. The shooter in that incident was identified and arrested. But most recently, in February 2023, a 29-year-old man was shot as he was driving westbound on I-20 by an unknown shooter. Could there be a single sniper who had been prowling this area along I-20? Or are there multiple shooters? Authorities haven't released the caliber of bullet that killed Jesse, so it's unknown what kind of gun they fired. At the end of the day, Jesse's friends and family are left to wonder, was he targeted or the victim of a random sniper? Whoever shot him has gotten away with murder to this point and they're also responsible for the death of Marie Floriston. If you have any information about the murder of Jesse Dempsey, which caused a multi-car collision, and the death of Marie Floriston, or any of the shootings along that stretch of Interstate 20, you can contact the DeKalb County Police Department, East Precinct, at 770-482-0300. I sat down to talk about Jesse's troubling case with his girlfriend, Kendra and she told me about the horrible events of that night that changed her life forever and took her boyfriend from her. That conversation is coming up in just a moment. In Puerto Rico, we call ourselves Boricua. We are proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live Boricua. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hi, Kendra, and thank you for coming on the Murder My Family to talk about your boyfriend, Jesse's case with us. Hi, Mike. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Um, I'm happy to have you here, and I'm hoping we can help you get some answers here. Um, this is a real tragic story. I know it's it's one that hasn't been resolved. There's a lot of twists and things we need to get into. Before we do, can you tell us a little bit about Jesse and help us get to know him a little bit, what he was like? Um, sure. Um, I knew Jesse for approximately um, 25 years. He was my brother's best friend growing up. Um he was a wonderful person. He uh, liked, he was mischievous though. He liked to uh, push the limits a little bit. Um, but he had a heart of gold. He was, um, he played, he played soccer um, in high school and, and a little bit out of. Um, he had three kids, um, two girls and one son. 
he was he was just an overall he was a good person and had a good heart um but like i said he liked to he liked to get get into things you know unlike all, some of us you know he pushed the limits a little too far sometimes um and got he would get in trouble but it was nothing big until you know this last episode um was was you know what happened did he have a lot of friends was he pretty friendly on good terms with a lot of people Oh yes, yes, yes. He was a he. He had a lot of friends. Um, he was very um, he was very um, loving and caring, and he was a great friend. Other than that, you know, I don't know what else I could tell you. Um, he just had a heart of gold. Any anybody that he didn't get along with, any enemies or anyone that might you know, have a reason to harm him? You know, I don't. I, I don't really know. He got into, I had left um, six months before um, this all happened. Um, I had left him and he got into uh, the Atlanta crowd and it wasn't a very good crowd. Um, I do know that he was doing some criminal activity with them. I don't know what all he was doing, but I just had a little bit of, you know, a little bit of, of the information. He didn't tell me a whole lot. And I think a lot of that was to keep me safe. But before that, he was he he had not, you know, we'd been together for four years. He had not had any enemies that I know of. Hmm. So so you felt he mixed up with the wrong crowd and and may have gotten Mm -hmm. some involved in some things that he shouldn't have been involved with. Yes. Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. And I don't know exactly what all that was, but I know that, you know, some of that probably made him some enemies. You're right. Sure. Now, did you get back together with him? I know on the day he died, you were with him. Were were you back together as a couple or just as friends? Well, we were we were just saying friends, but it was actually, you know, a little more than that. I had come back two months before um, he was murdered. You know, he, he like I said, he didn't tell me a whole lot of what he had done, you know, six months that I was gone. Um, but I have an idea, a little bit of an idea. Um, I threw myself into researching um, after he was killed more than I think than that the police did truthfully. Mm. That's, that's not good to hear when somebody, you know, connected to a case or has a loved one that's murdered has, is doing more than you think the police are doing. Let's go back to the day this whole tragedy happened. It was October 25th, 2020. Mm-hmm. In your own words, can you tell us how things happened, how they unfolded, where you were coming from, where you were going, that kind of stuff? Yes. And, exact, yes. and exactly what happened? I can. Like you said, October 25th, 2020, I had, um, we had actually gone to visit my dad's grave and to see, we'll see one of his uh, friends first in Atlanta. And then we went and visited my dad's grave. Um, he had died 17 years before that on that same day. And it was, it was the nighttime. It had gotten dark and we were, um, actually on our way home. Um, we got on, um, we gone, went through, we went through and got a chicken sandwich at Papa's chicken. Papa's, and um, I was slouched down in the seat. He was driving my GMC truck. We got on the expressway, which is I-20 here in Atlanta, and we're on our way home, and all of a sudden, um, we're in the middle lane, and all of a sudden, I heard a loud boom. You know, you don't think that, I didn't, I thought my tire blew, because he was supposed to, you know, put new tires on my truck. The, pre- the following day so it, somehow we stopped in the middle lane 
And all I can remember is smelling rubber and seeing smoke. I don't remember. I mean, I, I can't even explain to you what my what was going through my mind. I don't really know. Um, but I did look over and, and we came to a stop. And as soon as we came to a stop, we were hit um, by another vehicle from behind um, very fast. I looked over and he was unconscious and I couldn't, um, I didn't understand why, you know, if my tire blew, why would he be unconscious? So I can remember going, oh my goodness. And we started moving again and I took the wheel and I got us over to the side of the shoulder of the highway. And as soon as I got over to the shoulder of the highway, we got hit again from behind. And I remember I couldn't, I was looking for my phone and I finally found my phone and I I dialed 911 and the lady, the operator, I told her what was going on. And she said, do you see any blood? And I said, "Um, no, I don't. And that's when I looked around and saw the back window shot out. And I looked over at him and there was blood going down the headrest. And that's when I knew because she said, you know, she shot. And I said, yes, he is. And he was still unconscious. I waited on the ambulance to come, and I don't remember a whole lot of a lot of this, but I do know that I couldn't get out of the um, truck because it was against the guardrail my my side. So I climbed out of the window, and this time, by this time, I was um, I was uh, screaming and in shock, and I just hit the ground. Um, and the next thing I remember is. The police came and said, did you know there's a gun? They yelled at me and said, do you know there's a gun in the truck? I said, no, I do not know that. I didn't know that. I had no idea. And Jesse, if he ever carried a gun, he would lock it in my console um, because he was a felon. You know, um, he couldn't carry a gun. And normally I would know if he had one, but he did. You know, I didn't. So anyway, they they came and um, they said he had a slight heartbeat which I, I knew that he wasn't going to make it when I saw him, you know, when I was getting out of the truck, I just knew. And they said that he has a slight heartbeat. And then they came, the ambulance came and, and rushed him to Grady. Um, and they came up to me, the detective, and asked if I would go to the precinct and answer some questions. I didn't know that I didn't have to do that. I, I had no clue. I've never been in, of course, the situation ever. Um, I did end up going and they interrogated me for six hours. Um, I had to give up my phones. I mean, I was treated really poorly and I know that they have to have, you know, you're, I'm a suspect, of course, understand that until they know what's going on, but they should have known by looking at, at the scene that, you know, I had no clue and I was traumatized, Hmm. but they interrogated me for six hours and they would not tell me if he was okay. Four hours into being there, they came in, and this is how they told me, is they said, Ms. Vickery, you can tell us now because he's no longer with us. And I just cannot even believe he he passed away at at midnight, and they came and told me four hours later. And I just, um, I can't believe that. That 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 was ridiculous to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I don't trust this this police, this, these detectives. But I'm but I've tried to work with them. I've worked with them for it'll be three years. 
in October, and I've given them all the information that I find out. Um, I've tried to work with them, and to no avail, none at all. In Puerto Rico, we call ourselves Boricua. We are proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live Boricua. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, I just want to go back because this is so much to hear the story from me. It sounds like something out of a, a, a movie or something almost. So it's I'm just trying to, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to recap. So you're driving down the road, mm-hmm. full speed on a highway, 70 miles an hour, whatever it is. You, you hear something that you think is a tire blowing out. It's obviously the window being shot. Um, I'm curious. It was through the back window. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And it s- struck the headrest that, of the front driver's seat that Jesse was driving Right. And hit him in hit him in the back of the head one shot correct one shot yes okay i'm I'm curious and and obviously you didn't know this at the time but since this has happened did they determine if, what kind of gun this was was this a rifle was this a handgun what kind of bullet mm-hmm. causes do you know they wouldn't tell us they won't tell us anything we still haven't even gotten his belongings back from them okay okay <laughs> no, they won't tell us but his dad uh, John is actually he he knows his guns, um, and he believes it was a uh, um, uh, like a, a AR AR fifteen or okay. a or some kind of machine you know MP three or whatever I don't even know what the name of that like a mil- military gun. some kind of rifle it sounds like right 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 okay and then so you had mentioned the window was shot now was it just a hole in the window or was the entire window missing whole window okay. was shot out. Okay, so the the window shot out. It it strikes him in the back of the head through the headrest, that and that's what ultimately kills him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, uh, you know, obviously they would want to talk to you and get details from you, mm-hmm. but at the same time, how could they think that you had done this if the bullet came from outside the window? Yeah. Um, yeah. Why while you were driving, how would they think it was you that? You know, why would you be a suspect? Unless they thought maybe you knew who may have done it, something along those lines. Right. But it seems impossible that you could have been the one that shot it. So why they would have even treated you like a suspect True. there is, well, is kind of strange. Do you know what they did ask me? Uh, there were some strange questions they asked when I was there. And one of them in which was, did the, did the shot come from inside of the truck or outside of the truck? And I couldn't understand why they were asking me something like this. So I don't know. I, I really don't know what they were thinking. And I, I'm sure they thought that I probably had an idea of what he had been doing in his criminal activities. Um, you know, and they probably did think that, but I did not. You know, I did not know. I mean, this was okay. a total shock to me. Sure. A nightmare. Sure. 
Well, and and I'm so I'm I'm picturing this whole thing playing out in my mind. It's you know you mentioned it was dark. He's driving seventy miles per hour. Uh, now I, I'm I'm wondering. You know, it seems like there's only a possibility, a couple possibilities. One, this is someone that knew that he'd be driving down that road, but then they have to make this quick shot at seventy miles an hour. Um, I wonder if it was just somebody random shooting at cars just messing around or maybe they were target shooting someplace and accidentally the bullet went too far it seems very hard to believe that someone could hit a truck at night 70 miles an hour mm-hmm. aiming for jesse in the driver's seat um have they talked about the possibility that this was just a random or accidental shooting and not someone targeting jesse specifically well that police says that what they say is that it was not random, um, that it was possibly, it was a hit. And I'll go back and tell you, I didn't find this out until after this happened, of course. Jesse's dad told me, the police and, and me, that he had been threatened um, and someone had come. I don't know where I was, um, but someone had come up on a motorcycle, a red motorcycle, and uh Come and they were like Jesse and his dad were putting the fence up at the top of the driveway because we live on 10 acres. So they were at the very top of the driveway and they came and, and his dad don't know what they said, but when they were riding away, they said, well, I'm going to get you for this. So that's another reason why we think it wasn't just mm-hmm. random. So if it, let's just say for a second that it was targeted, that somebody was looking for Jesse specifically, um, it, it seems, you know, hard to hit a vehicle going 70 miles an hour in the dark. Yeah. Um, you'd think they'd have an easier chance, you know, if they wanted to hurt him doing it up close um, and, and in the light, not 70 miles an hour at night. So unless they somehow were there waiting and happened to see that car and they could see it in the dark and all that seems, seems hard to to Mm -hmm. think that it, that it could have been planned. Although maybe they were in a car behind you following you guys and shot out the window. I mean, who knows, but um, it's just a very strange situation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you know, I talk about a lot of different cases all the time and all kinds of strange stuff's happen. So it's not impossible, but it it just seems more likely that if somebody was targeting him, they could have easily killed him up close without trying to shoot at a truck 70 miles an hour. So I'm very curious. Um, And then, you know, this is, we, we didn't even mention this, but this is a real tragedy too, because you've got this whole accident that happened, but then one of the drivers of the other car stepped out of her car and was hit by a semi truck and killed. Did you see that happen? No, I did not. Thank goodness. Um, Uh, I I did not. No. uh, So this um, is just terrible. Then this is a a second person loses her life, uh, you know, at the same scene. Yes. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Um, she did, um, she got out of her car from what I've understood. Um, she got out of her car. I don't know why it was on a, a busy expressway. I don't know. I don't know why really, but we're saying the news saying that, you know, she was getting out to check, um, on us or him. Um, but I think we were being followed to go back to your question. Truthfully, I think that we had been followed that night. 
the friend that we went and saw before we went to my my dad's grave they were acting very strange and we had some both of us jesse and i both had bad vibes at that time so i'm thinking that maybe we were set up so maybe they knew where you were they were following you in a shot perhaps out of a car or something did any of the other witnesses that were there stop and stuff? Did anybody see anybody following you or shooting at you? Anything unusual like that? No. Uh, the only thing that I was told is that when someone did see a Dodge truck speed away, that's the only thing that the, that the detectives would tell me that night because they asked if I knew anybody that drove one. And I did. And it was my ex-husband my soon-to-be ex-husband because I was going through a nasty divorce for five years I went through this divorce with him and so that puts in my mind you know at that time and I'm not I'm not saying that he did that's not what I'm saying at all I'm just saying I'm stating what the, the detectives did tell me so that made me think twice about well maybe was I supposed to be the target you know I don't know I, I really don't know Especially it's because it's your, it's your truck too. It so maybe, mm -hmm. maybe somebody's thinking that it was you driving the truck and not Jesse. That's what I'm saying, Mike. I know. Yeah. So, so that's gotta be scary. It's very, wow. I was very scared. Very scared. In Puerto Rico, we call ourselves Boricua. We are proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live Boricua. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. So I'm, I'm wondering now if, if somebody did this intentionally and not only killed Jesse, now this other driver got out of their car and was killed. I wonder if this person could be charged with this woman's death, too, as being a murderer since it all happened because of what happened to Jesse. Have you have they said anything about whether this woman's death might be turned into a murder as well? Oh, I'm sure it will. But they haven't they won't tell us anything. Uh, they won't. I mean, it's been three years, excuse me. <clears throat> and there's a, the gun that was that Jesse had was his dad's. Um, we are yet to get that back. They lost two of my phones that were in my truck. Um, Jesse was, you know, using one of them. Um, the Cab County has lost my phones and now a gun. So I don't trust this department very well, very much. Um, and you know, I, I feared for my life and I still do at some point to a, to a degree. And that's from being traumatized. Um, mm -hmm. But I feared for my life for a long time. You know, I wouldn't leave at nighttime because I was scared. You know, um, it's just a lot, just a lot, a lot to take in. 
But going back to the lady that got out of her vehicle, I think it's a setup, truthfully. Um, and I think she's involved. I think that, that she's involved. Later on, I found out that right after it happened, her fiance, so-called fiance's sister, got in touch with me on Messenger and wanted to pay his condolences. So gave me his number and I called him and gave my condolences. He gave me his. He was telling me that he was on the phone with her when she was struck and killed, which is horrible. Oh, my goodness. Well, six months later, I, like I said, I threw myself into researching for I still do it at some point, but I was obsessed. I think that's how I grieved. But I was into doing the research and and saw that um, Jesse knew her, her fiance because his he was one of his contacts, not only one number, but two numbers and an address. So that's what I'm saying. That may be a, a, uh, a link right there. Wow. And did the police talk about that at all? Did they mention that or have they questioned him as far as you know? I don't know. I don't know. I told, I tell them everything that I find out. Um, and that's one thing that hit me really hard when I found that out. And I also got in touch with her uh, ex-husband and they were not even, that wasn't her fiance. They were, they were broken up. Not what mm. I was told to begin with. No. Police will not tell me anything. I have to tell them. And then they, you know how that goes. Sure. And you mentioned that they sort of questioned you like you were a suspect, like you had some information or you had something to do with it. Um, Did they ever officially clear you and say, okay, we know you're not involved. Did they ever give you that? Okay. Yes. Yes, definitely. And, and it wasn't, I mean, I know that everyone has to be a suspect at first, but like you said, there was no way of looking at the, at everything, you know, the truck and, and everything they, they shouldn't have known that to begin with. Um, and I don't know why I was treated that way. I was very uh, horrified because I was already in shock going through what I was going through. And, and I know sometimes in cases like this, you know, afterwards you start hearing rumors or rumblings or somebody starts running their mouth. Was there anything that was talked about? Any Did you, you hear, did it come to your attention about anyone that was talking about being responsible or having information about what happened i have actually heard a couple of things um and they won't come forward of course but it was it was talked about that um maybe it was because of a stolen motorcycle him the group that he was running with for that six months i found out that they were actually stealing motorcycles and um parting them out so that's that's what i heard and I've, like I said, I've told the police everything that I found out. But the detective told me not long ago that the only re- the only way we're gonna f- we're gonna solve this is when someone gets mad at someone else and talks. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and and but, or gets in trouble and they want to get themselves well, out of trouble, so they say, "Hey, you know, if you get me out of trouble, I'll tell you what I know about." Right. Jesse, Jesse's death. Sure. That makes, that makes sense. Um, do you feel you, you said that the, the police haven't always, you know, done a fair job as far as you're thinking, mm-hmm. do you feel maybe it's because Jesse, you know, had some criminal activity in his past mm-hmm. and they, they sort of are yep. treating him like a second class citizen. Yes, I do. 
you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what we think is that he he had a criminal mind and that's exactly what they're doing. They're going, oh, he doesn't mean that's what we feel that, that, that that's what they're treating this case like. But when we first when this all began, the detective, the first detective, he was the lead detective on this case. He actually within the first month, he resigned out of DeKalb County. So then it was, wasn't even picked up by another lead detective. It like all of a sudden just, they, they made this a cold case. And so I fought for two years, a year and a half to get another lead detective on, on the case. And I finally succeeded, but I thought that was going to make a difference, but it hasn't because they're, t- they're they tell me they're so slammed and so busy that they don't have time to to do all this. And that's not right. You know, I stayed on them and I still do for, you know, years. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, one break, you know, we're going to get another lead detective and he gets on it and there's still nothing, no, no matter what I tell him. And it really yeah. upsets me. Well, I think you mentioned something important that, you know, it, it might just take somebody coming forward to, mm-hmm. to rat on someone else or coming forward with a tip or information. Are there any websites or Facebook pages, anything like that for Jesse's case where people can leave tips or learn more about the case or anything like that? No, I, I, I there's not that I know of. There is um, it's Detective Moeller that they could get in touch with. Um and it's uh, Detective Muller, DeKalb County Police Department. And his number is 770-724-7856. And that's DeKalb County Homicide. Mm-hmm. And we'll definitely put that in the show notes. And so people can okay. find that when they go to the web page. And and if they have information, hopefully they do the right thing and reach out to the police and right. share that information. How hopeful are you at this point that you'll get justice and how important is it for you to find out whoever did this, that they're held accountable? Mike, it's very important to me um, because it is, I need justice for not only Jesse, but myself because I have gone through hell with this. I'm sorry. Um, it changed my life totally. I'm not the same person that I was. And I just think that it's not fair. None of this is fair. So it means the world to me. And, and you know, I hear people say, oh, well, you probably you may not ever find out why. I just want to know why, you know, and I want I want to find this person so they can they can rot in jail or whatever needs to be done because he didn't deserve this at all no matter what he did you don't deserve something like this yeah it's very very scary and very tragic this this all happened in an instant to you and you're still looking for justice so you know i i thank you for sharing your story with us and i hope you do find that justice and we'll do our part to to get the word out there about jesse's case okay mike thank you so much i appreciate you thank you once again for joining me for this episode of the murder of my family I'd like to thank Sonny Landon for writing and research assistance in this episode. We'll be back here soon with an all-new episode of The Murder of My Family, and I hope you'll join me for it. But before you go, remember that every murder victim means something to somebody. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.